Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, family, and thank you so much for tuning back into another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat is Rail Bricker. And let me tell you a little bit about Rail because he is definitely on a mission and you'll find out why. In 2013, he was given a rude awakening when after a season of triathlons, he decided to run a marathon at this And all of this was part of his plan before turning 50, y'all. Each time he ran, he experienced neck pain, and it was discovered that he had two blocked arteries. He was the lucky one. As he managed to dodge a bullet and ended up with two stents. Today, he is probably back to close Um, Close to his fitness and strength from 2013, but much more self-aware of listening to his body, which is something we all can learn from. This experience helped him find purpose in his life. He found purpose in sharing the experiences of journeying and achieving excellence with business owners and entrepreneurs around the world. After 30 plus years as a serial entrepreneur, In everything from education to finance to fitness, he's now made it his mission to share his knowledge and expertise with others. Seeing the light come on and connections being made in people's heads as to how they can weave their experiences and his and advice into their business reinforces that this is where he needed to be. From being 600 feet underground in a mine to starting an education business that grew to have 4,000 plus students to spending years working in VC, venture capital, y'all. He is he has seen it all. And we're going to learn more about the incredible things that Rail is doing. So get ready to dive in and you'll find out why I say that so we could tap into business excellence and getting you to be your optimal and best version of yourself. So welcome Rail Bricker to GEMS Podcast. Thank you, Genesis, and great to be here um, from the future. Um, it's, it's, it's the morning here and the evening for you, so I'm in the next day. That is amazing. So I know tomorrow is going to go well. And Rail, I alluded to telling the listeners that we're going to dive in and I want you to share with the listeners why. But before we really dive in and go beyond the surface level, let's connect with you on a personal level so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. So there are two options that I like to do here on my show. One is an icebreaker and the other one is a rapid fire game. So which would you like? Let's flip a coin and see. Uh, Heads. Icebreakers. Okie dokie. So share something crazy that you've done in your life or a fun and interesting fact about yourself. Um, Crazy things I've done in my life. Lots of crazy things. Um, uh, A fun and interesting fact. Hmm. 
I, I play I play the game called hockey. Let's just start there. And and hockey is not what the Americans call hockey. Um, it, it's something we call hockey, which is a round ball on a green surface, not a um, not not a flat thing on the ice. I broke my kneecaps playing hockey uh, when I was in my twenties, and I have recovered sufficiently that I still play what they call masters hockey. Um, whilst well into my 50s almost 60 so um that's a a, a fun fact um i was chairman of a radio station um at the university we had a, a university radio station and paul simon who's my famous most famous celebrity uh came to a concert that we ran it was a, a rebel concert so in 1984 south africa was still under the apartheid government that's where i grew up and the universities were, particularly the, the English-speaking universities, were um, very uh, outspoken opponents of the apartheid government. And our university ran a concert every year, which was a multiracial concert, unheard of in the 80s in South Africa, called the Free People's Concert. And I had to run that because the radio station ran that. And Paul Simon was our guest. Paul Simon snuck into South Africa looking for a new sound. And one of the bands that I introduced him to as running the concert was Ladysmith Black and Basso. And he went on to record the Graceland album with them um, a year later. So that's my, my, my claim to fame in the music industry of having introduced Paul Simon to Ladysmith Black and Basso. That is very cool. And my facial expression, whenever you said you broke your kneecaps playing hockey, I was like, and then you went on to say you're still playing in your 50s. And I'm like, wow, some people will probably say, Rail, why didn't you stop? You broke your kneecaps. But I could. <laughs> you know what? It's, I had operations in the late 80s on my knees. Um my kneecaps had healed, but had healed slightly off center. I had them reset. And then I decided when I was 49 or 50 to go back and play hockey. Once I'd recovered from my stents, I went, this was always my passion. And, and it's very interesting. So we talk about business and teams and dealing with people. From the time I, I had my operations on my knees in the 80s, every sport I did was an individual sport. So even the triathlons I was doing, the marathon, um, running, every, playing golf, everything is an individual sport. And, and it was interesting because I had to build that up in myself, but going back in my 50s to be part of a team, to be one cog in a working machine, taught me a whole lot of things that I'd probably forgotten from my 20s. Okay, thank you so much for sharing it. So there was definitely a purpose and meaning behind it, and you learned a valuable lesson. And now let's segue into our topic of um, working on being the best version of yourself and having excellence in everything that you do. So are you ready to dive in? Sure, always happy to dive in. Okay. And there's a story behind the name as well, but we'll come back to that. Yes. So I definitely want to hear the story behind Dive In. There's the beautiful cover of your book. And walk us through the intent behind the name and the cover. Because if you look at the cover, there are a few symbols there. But if you really look intently, it's like a swimmer in the water. So 
everyone who looks at the cover may get a different um, representation of what they think the cover means, but I want you to share it in your own words, Rail. So, so as I, so the bit of story behind it, I, after my stints, after deciding that I wanted to become a professional speaker, I started writing this book and I, I started writing it on my iPad on an airplane coming back from my first ever professional speech. And I wrote 2000 words on the iPad, which is pretty hard because it's not tactile. So you're watching every finger. Um, I then wrote for another nine months and then I got the typical imposter syndrome. I went, no one wants to read my story. I'm just going to put it away. And I did that for two and a half years. I put it away. I didn't touch it. And then I was in South Africa consulting with a, with a company in South Africa. And I had dinner with my cousin whose wife had left her job and had started her own publishing business. And so I sent her the manuscript and she said, it's actually good. Let's publish it. And that's, that was part of the story behind it. So I got over my imposter syndrome. The book was called um, Tips and Traps from the Trenches as a working version until about a month before we published and we decided the title was too long. And the very first story in the book is about me doing triathlons and about how I stood on the beach on my very first triathlon and realized that I'd never done a swim in the sea competitively. All my swimming had been in a swimming pool, you know, black line down the middle, follow the line, person ahead of you, person behind you, no stress. When suddenly you swim a competitive swim in the ocean, people are kicking you in the head, you're kicking them in the head, your goggles are being knocked off. And, and then I stood there on the beach and I actually had this epiphany and realized that in all my businesses, that's exactly what I had done. I had dived in and the back of the book says, dive in and adjust your course while you're moving. And that was exactly where the name came from. So it is about diving in and, 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 and adjusting your course. But it was this epiphany on the beach when I was doing my triathlons that really struck me that I get entrepreneurs coming to me and saying, I've done 27 spreadsheets now, and I'm not sure my business is going to work. Well, my first answer is you're 26 spreadsheets too far into it. Because at the end of the day, it is something about the hairs in the back of the neck that stand up and go, yep, this is the right thing. There is this thing called entrepreneurial spirit, entrepreneurial idea. But at the end of the day, the back of the book sums it up quite nicely. It says business is not complicated. Business is simple. Dive in and adjust your course while you're moving. Mm, beautiful. And I like the fact that you followed your intuition, but you also went with the idea. And one thing that stood out was that you wrote your book on your iPad. And the reason why I highlighted this is because so many people think it's so hard to write a book, but you have the tools and resources. You just need to use it. And I tell people, I wrote my book, my first book on my cell phone. I did not have a laptop at the time. There are so many ways to break down barriers in order for you to get your literary work out, out there. You just have to be hungry. You have to have the drive. You need to be persistent and consistent. And so as you mentioned, the title of your book was going to be something else, but then you condensed it so it won't be so long. And then let's really uh, focus on the cover of the book because I see the blues, the blacks, and the white, and then the image that you use on the cover. What was the intentionality behind that, Rail? So, I mean, we had decided on the name, Dive In, and then um, I actually had a graphic designer looking at it and I had my one daughter 
um, two daughters living in Melbourne and um, I had a family chat group going and I was sending them all the graphics and my middle daughter said to me, she doesn't like any of them and she's quite um, vocal. Um, and suddenly she sent me something that she had mocked up and it was a very similar graphic to this. Um, and she said, you're talking about diving in and leaving it and diving in is also a leap of faith. You're going off an edge and that, and she actually came up with the idea to symbolize this whole. And, and so part of the story is that I, I talk about me in a pink bathing cap. So we even had photographs done of me in a pink bathing cap from the original triathlons to see if that worked on the back of my head. Potentially we tried a whole lot of different images and, and it came down to, and the very last chapter in the book is about keeping it simple. And so, um, you know, keeping systems simple and life simple. And Jess, my daughter said, make it simple. Make it something that visually jumps out at you. And it does. And thank you so much for breaking that down. I always like to put context around it because sometimes people can look at something and get an assumption. And I always tell people never make those assumptions, but I always ask the question so you can bring those perceptions to the forefront and engage in a conversation. So, Rail, I know in your bio, I mentioned that you've been through various industries and et cetera. So let's talk about some of the challenges you faced in your life and how has it personally and professionally helped you because that curates you that curates you to go down the path of having excellence in all you do whenever we could take the challenges that we have and learn and grow from them so so i mean i'll start off with my first real job which was when i worked by the way in the bio it says six thousand foot not 600 foot i know that sounds like a, a very deep hole and it is okay it has, you know, it is a different environment in South Africa. We have something called deep level mining. And the deepest I've been is 4.4 kilometers underground. But I worked on average about 6,000 foot underground. I was a 22-year-old, arrogant little, I can't swear on your podcast, but that's what I was. Um, I'd come out of university from a middle-class background or lower middle-class background Um Went to a mine where there were 50,000 employees, um, probably 4,000 white. Um, and in, this is in the apartheid days in South Africa. And the majority of the black of the workforce were black, um, paid really badly and treated badly by most people um, in the country. I mean, that was just what it was in apartheid South Africa. I'm not, I'm not justifying it in, in this conversation. <clears throat> but I was there, but I always have had this hunger to understand how my role fitted in to the success of the whole mine. How did my role fit in? And that was a frustration to me, a frustration to my bosses, because I kept asking them questions about the job you've just given me to do. How is that going to help us? And, 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 Years later, I read a story that Kennedy in 1962 visited um, NASA in, in, in Florida and saw a cleaner vigorously sweeping in a passage. And he went up to the cleaner and he said, why are you cleaning so vigorously? 
And he said, is it just because I'm visiting and I'm the president? And he said, no. He says, I'm doing my bit to get a man on the moon. And that, that understanding of that clean at NASA is exactly what I was searching for through all my corporate jobs. And they made me decide I never wanted to be in the large corporation. And so pretty much the last 30 years, I've either been in my own businesses, in venture capital, in, in very fast decision-making, relatively small businesses. But that idea that you want to instill in your team, no matter what it is, and whether that's a sports team, and very much more evident in sports, because if you think about every player on a field is doing their bit to ensure you win. So they understand their role. In the corporate, we forget that. Okay, we, we, we put people into narrow pockets and silos. We don't actually give them the ability to understand how their job contributes to the success of the organization. And okay. so, so, so that's kind of the biggest lesson I learned was, was not about how to be an engineer. That I'd learned at university. It was about how to deal with people. The, the, the majority of the workforce called me a, a colloquial name called Makosi. Now, in the vernacular language in South Africa, I understood Makosi to mean little boss because I'm five foot six. Um, but interestingly, when I actually questioned one of the guys about what Makosi really meant, it was actually a term of endearment um, in the vernacular for somebody that was respected not because of their position, but because of their personality. And again, it took me well into my 30s to understand why my relationship with the workforce was different to my average engineering buddies that I worked with, and that it was actually respectful because I kind of, that's my view of the world, is you respect everybody and you deal every, with everyone as equals. And so those are the lessons I learned early on in my business career that shaped how I've done my businesses. And those are really valuable lessons because just imagine if you did not learn the lessons as young as you did, where would you be now? So it's like the lessons that we learn in our, in our life shape and mold us to the human being we become later on in life. And I think it's so important to pay attention to those vital lessons because some of those lessons come to stretch us some of those lessons come to mature us, whether we realize it or not. And sometimes some of those lessons are not always the nicest or the prettiest, but it's the ones that humble us to really get our ego in alignment and check. And then we begin to learn how to have empathy, how to have compassion, how to really be a leader to not just lead within, but lead externally and lead on an effective front. Because being a leader comes with so many responsibilities, but how you lead your team should be how you lead your life and how you lead your family in general, because you could talk about things all day long till you're black and blue, but if your actions do not align with that, then it's like, are you just spitting noise? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting you say that. It's, it's when I run leadership programs for corporates, I actually start, I do it on three levels. I start with leading yourself and then leading others and then leading teams. Because until you know how to lead yourself, you can't lead a team. And so 
it's about that exploration. It's about that journey. I mean, you mentioned the whole journey of excellence earlier. And excellence for me is a very simple definition. My branding is the excellence guy. And it's about showing up as the best version of yourself every single day. Um, today, I'm actually not feeling the best version of myself because my voice is, is all croaky because I'm recovering from COVID. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm here at 6.30 in the morning talking to you and being the best version of myself today. And thank you for doing that, Rail. And one thing that I want to highlight is your background. I see the words behind you, and I think that those words may very well complement your core values and your characteristics. So I see ethics there. I think I believe I see courage. And then the one in the orange is kind of hard to see unless business, I get it. it. says business excellence. Business excellence. So ethics, yeah. culture, business ethics. Ethics, culture, business excellence, and then on the bottom, and, and so there's a, a story behind why there's wooden blocks very quickly. And this is how we learn from various experiences. When I started as a professional speaker, I knew that I want to talk about excellence. And I, and I was trying to work out what are the components of excellence in a business. And so there are things like culture and ethics and systems and finance and people and all these things. I was sitting in a coffee shop one day, as you do. And I was sitting there and I was drawing pictures on, on my laptop with a flip over screen. And I drew a house. I'm an engineer. And I drew a house and I decided that culture and ethics make the, the cornerstones, the base, the foundation of the house. And I was drawing this house and a kid, a table away from me, probably around five years old, was building with little wooden blocks, you know, building on the table while the parents were having coffee and I watched this kid I know that sounds a bit stalkerish but I watched this kid and this kid instinctively at five years old knew that he had to build a solid foundation and then put blocks on it and then put the roof on okay and so I looked at that and I said if a five-year-old kid understands philosophically and fundamentally that you need a solid foundation you need walls and a roof why can't we do that in our businesses? And so the roof in my model, this one down here, says growth potential. And the reason it points up to the skies because it's unlimited potential. So if you create business excellence and you put all these components together, that is ethics, culture, your systems, your people, all the different things. And, and I'm not a, I can't, I actually, when I, when I build a model for companies, I leave a block empty because I don't know that specific component of their business yet. You know, we, we're in the exploratory phase. And, and so for me, that's what those, are, those represent. Those represent these solid building blocks of a kid playing with unabated and thought. Just, you know, we, we overthink things in life. That kid wasn't overthinking things. That kid just knew instinctively how to put this together. And we forget that in our businesses. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was a reason behind that. So that's why I wanted to bring it to the foreground to not to not just let the viewers who are watching it, but to also let the listeners know that in life, we have to have a sturdy and a steady foundation and work up similar to when you are building your home. If your home's foundation is not um, steady or sturdy, it's not going to pass inspection and they're not going to be able to go on to the next phase. 
phase in the building process. And then another thing I want to point out, Rail, is that you have multiple hats up there. And whenever you think about business and you think about excellence, sometimes when you first enter into business, when you are going maybe from a corporate nine to five job into entrepreneurship, you begin to wear many hats in entrepreneurship and you work in your business. But there has to be a time where you realize that you need to stop working in your business and working on your business and begin to scale your business up so you could grow and then you could really focus on your zone of genius and let others who are coming along besides and with you to complement and build those partnerships for effective synergies to take place. So Rail, would you agree with my sentiment and feel free to add on or subtract? Sure. So absolutely. So I mean, interestingly, the hats up there come from, I use a lot of colors in a lot of things I do. Um, so this little cube, which is a little offer to any of your listeners who want one, drop, drop an email to me and I'll get my PA to drop one in the mail. You know, that stuff that actually arrives in your mailbox. Okay. So this is called the Excellence Cube. Um, it's actually called the Excellence Cube and it's about how we communicate with each other. And we break it down to four basic, what I call color zones or color behaviors, and then use that. So I, I, I do a lot of stuff around the colors in, in, in everything I do. The hats are interesting. I, I run often uh, mastermind groups and I use the De Bono six hats. Okay, so they're what they call the six thinking hats, where, where the problem with a mastermind generally is you get all these excited entrepreneurs and they all want to share their ideas. And they all talk on top of each other. And so, and they don't have specific roles. And so the six hats methodology, each hat represents a particular role in the mastermind. And so one is information seeking, one is affirmation, one is the control mechanism, one is the negative E, the black, the negative person who says, oh, great idea, but, you know, but there's a problem with it. And so you hand out the hats to different people so not only do they learn to play different roles in helping other people and sharing ideas, but it also focuses them on exactly what questions they have to ask and what and how they have to draw out and tease out stuff. So that's what part of the hats. I have a, a really cool big hat over here as well. Okay. That represents all the colors that I deal with. Um, but yeah, I, I, and, and all the blocks, they're all um, inspired by those kids' blocks, by the, you know, the multicolored basic colors. I mean, if you look at the colors of the blocks on the wall, those are all, you know, our primary colors. And I think we tend to think in shades sometimes, and sometimes we forget to look for the big and bold colors. Mm, and thank you so much for sharing that. And I like, I really like that. Um, block that you held up first um the well the cube and the cube, I, yeah. yes the cube is amazing and whenever i i didn't see it in the in the um background at first but then when you when you held it up it reminded yeah. me of a rubik's cube i use rubik's cubes i actually still speak about finance so my financial services business i started 21 years ago it's done over three billion dollars of mortgages so three billion australian re in residential mortgages and I actually talked to people, to clients, and I did a talk last weekend about finance, and I put up a picture of a Rubik's Cube. And, and, and said, people said, why have you got a Rubik's Cube up? And I said, because there's all these moving parts to it, and that is about 
what it is to get your finance organized. There is not one standard answer and everyone in the room is different. And that's where I actually use the Rubik's Cube analogy. But what this does, and I'll pull it up close to the camera, so you can see there are four quadrants on the bottom of the cube. And, and what it is, is you base, you start off with that level, you look at the four quadrants, and you read the description. So if I was reading, uh, let's see if this fits your behaviors, charming, confident, convincing, enthusiastic, inspiring, optimistic, persuasive, popular, that, that's you, right, Genesis, right? So you would be in my world, what I'd call a yellow. Okay, and that's the yellow quadrant there. And, and so then you look on the yellow side of the cube and the yellow side of the cube says, how do you communicate with somebody you've identified as a yellow? And, and there's a basic principle here. You always communicate with people in the way they want to be communicated with, not in the way you want to communicate. So typical realtor, a bad realtor, not a typical realtor, a really bad realtor, you go in to see a home with a realtor, and what do they start doing? They just talk. Yeah, it's got 5,000 square foot, and these are all the features and benefits, and these are the, the what you pay in rates and taxes, and blah, 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 right? And the next person comes into that same home open, and what do they do? They give the same story, okay? They haven't done anything to find out what is important to you. So you're expecting your first child. Well, great. So is being close to parks and schools and all those things, is that what's important to you? So there's a, there's a technique in identifying the person you're talking to, and that's a lot of the work I do, of how do you communicate with them effectively? So you're, you're this yellow in my world. So you are motivated by, and this is my first analysis of it, Creative problem solving, freedom from control, opportunities and ideas, optimism, enthusiasm. How do I communicate with you? Well, you give them compliments. You like change and innovation. You um, involve them in personal contact with things, you know. But when you're under stress, or not, and this is just my broad, you know, that when yellows are under stress, they're overly optimistic, they're self-promoting, they're unrealistic. Now, that may you might be going, God, this guy's an idiot. Okay, but that's okay too. That was my first pass at it after talking to you for, you know, 15 minutes. But that's what this is about. It sits on people's desks and I teach them questions to ask. And they ask questions of people to determine what color they are. And then this tells them how to communicate. And thank you for breaking that down. And I would say that the yellow is spot on. And whenever you were talking about the different quadrants, it made me think of this personality assessment that I did, which is find out what your e-colors are through an organization called Equilibria. And I think that what, what you said earlier is like, you need to understand how you communicate, but how does the person on the receiving end need to be communicated with? And I think that's a part of business excellence. And I do want to be very respectful of your time rail. So I want to jump into our call to action segment and allow you to leave the listeners and the viewers with your call to action for this segment. Okay, fantastic. So there's a few things that call to action. The call to action is, 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 is really wake up every day and embrace the day. And, and I have a number of coaching clients. I'm not a coach in, in the truest sense. I'm much more a mentor. 
But I will go out walking my dogs. I didn't do it this morning because I was in the studio. But I'll go out at sunrise and walk my dogs. And I will send these people photographs of me outside at that time of the morning because I'm trying to get them to change habits. And so part of it is to say to them, start exercising. And it doesn't mean go out and run a marathon. It means go out and walk around the block in the morning before you have your coffee or take your coffee with you and walk around the block. So I send them photographs of that. So what, what tools do I have available? Well, I will, um, anyone who wants to get a download a free PDF, I mean, I'd love you to go to Amazon and go and buy the book, but, but you can actually download a free PDF. Amazon, Booktopia, any of their online stores have the book. But um, anyone who wants a free version of it can go to railbricker.com slash free book. And they can download a free PDF version of Dive In Lessons Learned Since Business School. That's the first action. The second call to action is whilst you're on that same website, Railbricker, one of the tabs on the top says colors. You can actually click on that tab and go in there and actually do a free color assessment. It'll come back and tell you what your dominant color is. And then you can contact me for more information on, on the detail of that. You'll download a report. It's about three pages. that gives you a bit of an assessment, a bit of an overview of your behavioral style, your dominant behavioral style. Um, and, and thirdly, if anyone has enjoyed what we're talking about and they want to contact me, absolutely. Always available at railbricker.com. And Rail, thank you so much for sharing that and offering the book for free for the audience here. And then please share where you primarily primarily hang out on social media. Uh, LinkedIn mostly is my biggest social media, but my PA is busy pushing me to Instagram a lot because she loves Instagram. It's an age thing. Um, yeah, I'm. She's pushing me on Instagram um, and uh, LinkedIn. I have about done that. 16,000 um, connections and always willing to take connections as long as you don't try and sell me anything in the first 30 seconds of our conversation let's get to know each other first um facebook i hang out a lot um and and yeah so working on instagram the others haven't got into my realm of thinking yet my daughters keep telling me tiktok but no i haven't got there yet and thank you so much for sharing that. So I have your website. I'll definitely um, share your LinkedIn if you send that link over to me. And then, of course, if your PA wants to, we'll get you inundated in Instagram. Instagram is a powerful tool, but I'm right with you with TikTok. I have not got on that bandwagon because I heard it's a very time-consuming if you allow it to be. So, Rael, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, and insight with the community listeners and viewers make sure you tap in with rail i hope this segment educated you it inspired you and motivated to go look at what colors you you are what quadrant are you operating in and how to really build a foundation so you can have excellence in everything that you do so make sure you like comment and subscribe we're on 40 plus platforms you could also see the videos on youtube by typing at gems with genesis amars kemp and lastly but not least thank each one of you for tuning in on a consistent basis because of you we are now ranked in the top two and a half percent 
globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. And I want to thank you again for helping expand the mission of GEMS, which is to educate, inspire, and motivate while we intersect the dots for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Be an asset, not a liability. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-S, at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.